guys. This is Cultivating Keep. This is Jeremy, and I'm with my boy... Corey Haynes. What up? Corey Haynes. Well, tonight we're going to be uh, talking about um, kind of going through and defining the um, the terms cultivate and keep and kind of explaining uh, uh, the definitions behind those words and kind of why we chose that as the as the title for what we're doing. And then we kind of want to go through and discuss um, a, a few main points and main topics that um, as we go forward with this podcast that we're going to um, you know, each week hit on and discuss of what it means to cultivate these stands in our life and to and to keep them. So, yeah, and I, I think the sort of the main reason why we're doing this is like, well, let's just explain kind of what it means to cultivate and keep, since we're naming our whole mm-hmm. thing cultivate and keep. But also, uh, you know, these are just a few of the ideas. I mean, there's like literally an endless amount of different applications that cultivate yeah. and keep could be applied to you. But we're just going to touch on sort of what the Lord put on our hearts and what we wanted to kind of talk about Mm -hmm. today. Yeah. But like the rest of this podcast and everything that we ever do is going to be on cultivate and keep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Kick us off. All right. Um, so let's go through and first talk about the definitions of what these words are. Yeah. Um, Corey, I believe you're up on these ones. Yeah. 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 So I really love, um, part of the reason why I kind of fell in love with the idea of cultivate and keep, uh, was the definitions and, um, so if we're starting with cultivate, uh, did you rip it off from anywhere? Because it sounds so good. Like cultivate and keep. Was it like, yeah, I ripped it off from the Bible. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> Don't get defensive. Just checking. <laughs> no, I mean, there's nothing else out there that's cultivate and keep. We're the OGs, bro. Okay. All right, all right. Um, but, uh, so if we're looking at cultivate, um, you know, kind of at a glance at a high level, it really just means to prepare, to grow to develop, to invest, enrich, refine, improve. So it's sort of just just this idea, if you can think of like literally cultivating crops and soil and then apply it sort of in other ways, like spiritually, financially, uh, relationally, all these other ways. But but the sort of root idea of it, of cultivating, is to grow and develop and invest in things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but it's funny, like when, when when you go to Google, in fact, if you're listening to this and you have a chance, go to Google and just type in define cultivate. And this is where I got some of these definitions. But I like that there's two definitions that come up for it. And one is the very literal one, which is prepare and use, parentheses, land for crops or gardening. So it's very like agricultural. And then you have the other side of that, the second definition, which is try to acquire or develop a quality sentiment or skill. And it's like quotation marks for an example. He cultivated an air of indifference. <laughs> I actually don't know. I feel like that doesn't make it any more clear to yeah, me. Yeah, that, that confuses me. Yeah. So actually just just scratch that. Um, but l- for example, so let's go back to uh, to the very agricultural definition of pre- prepare and use land for crops and gardening. Synonyms are to till or plow or hoe or farm or work or fertilize, right? It's to break up the soil in preparation for sowing or planting. It's to raise or grow plants. Um, it's to, uh, you know, the biological one is to grow or maintain living cells or tissue of culture. But all that to say, right, that this does have a very agricultural root in this definition. And then the application of that is um, to try to acquire, develop a quality sentiment or skill, right? To try to win the friendship or favor of someone. Um, to apply oneself to improving or developing, right? One's mind or manners. Synonyms are improve, better, refine, elevate. So it's just the, this idea of growth, really. I mean, it's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, and so we're obviously, um, we're not going to focus too much on the, like, farming side of things. You know? No. <laughs> it, it is a cool Well, like, I do have some notes on that. Okay. Yeah. You want to hit those now or? No, I want to hit them later. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I do like how you compare like the, the farming side to like the mental, spiritual. Because it's a good um, analogy. Yeah, it's a, it is a good analogy. Which I'll get into. Um, so that's cultivate. Um, the other side of this is keep. And so um, keep is a little less, less complex than um, cultivate. But yeah. basically the simple definition is to have or retain possession of. Mm. Um, and so the idea behind this is basically there are things in our lives that we can, we can cultivate, we can pursue, we can sow into, um, and we can, we can work on those. And then the idea is that we would, um, continue that we'd maintain that. And so that's kind of the whole idea of cultivate and keep. And so the things we talk about, 
Um, you know, we're talking about how can we basically sow positive things in our life and how can we make that a habit that we just live by on a continual daily basis. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, it also, um, sort of a less cool name that we could have done is like, sow and reap because that's sort of the same, um, I meaning pictured behind like it. a lamb when you said that. Like sow and reap. Yeah. Like a lamb and like a shepherd, like yeah, a cartoon yeah. is what I pictured. A cartoon. Okay. That's cool. I actually don't know where you're going with that's that. That's not cool. Was oh yeah. Oh, say. I see. It's I see. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sow and reap is like, it sort of sounds sort of like it sounds kitty. sounds cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. So, sort of cheesy, sort yeah. of kitty. Um, but a similar, so cultivate and keep, or you could have like sow and reap, but basically the idea is, wow, what? That was some good rhymes. Oh, it does rhyme, yeah, huh? That's good. Cultivate and keep, sow and reap. Ooh, Ooh fire! Okay, maybe we'll have a, a rap album coming mm, up okay. soon. Stop, stop. Um, actually, that's like kind of on my list of things, or right. like ideas. Uh, if you want to get embarrassed, I will. If anyone, listen, this is like this is so real right now. <coughs> if anyone is, I was about to say a rapist. <laughs> if anyone raps and is super good lyrically, help us put together a rap song for Cultivate right. and Keep. Okay. Okay. That'd be so sick. Okay. Anyways, but okay. Gosh, I haven't got to my point. The, but the analogy friend, of Corey, guys. sow, sowing and reaping, right? You sow something, you plant it, you invest in it. And then there's, it doesn't just like grow and like, okay, cool. I'm done with it. But then you have to sustain it. You have to keep watering. You have to protect it from all the freaking rabbits that come and try to eat it. And then there's something to harvest from it, right? Then it produces something of value back to you. Um, so anyways, that's just sort of one of the other applications of cultivating keep. Yeah, I wanted to expand on keep a little bit more. So kind of reading through some of our notes, um, one of the definitions says to retain one's place against opposition or difficulty. Mm. Um, I yeah. like that one. You're thinking of, you know, the th- if we choose to make something a priority in our life or we choose to set our focus on something, you know, when, when we are op- opposed, when we um, feel challenged, um, are we going to continue forward are we going to keep you know fighting for what is right and what is good um i like that like like that one yeah no that that's a huge one i like that a lot um so i think that kind of gives us like a good ground base for what we're even talking about when we say cultivate and keep um but do you want to kind of get into some of the more (coughs) spiritual applications and and kind of what it means to us yeah so like i said at the beginning we kind of uh wrote out like a few main points we wanted to hit on i did want to say these aren't like the definitive like right. only things you can cultivate in your life but these are just a few that we me and Corey agreed on so just want to say that again just yeah, yeah. to be clear so the first one we wanted to talk about was um, what does it mean to spiritually cultivate in your life and kind of what does that look like um so when I think of this topic of spiritually cultivating in my life, I kind of think of when I was like a, a young kid, there was a lot mm. of things that like I really wanted and longed for. Um, and the story that comes to my mind was when I was, I think like maybe seven, maybe eight, uh, Heelys were a big thing. Oh, Heelys were yeah. fire. And so if you don't know what those were, basically they were like shoes. Um, with, okay, picture like those light up sketchers, like light up shoes for little kids yep. that you stomp and they have lights. So sketchers or sketchers, Heelys, kind of the same idea, but instead of like lights, it was wheels. That was the cool like twist Dude, they were on noise. it. And so basically you could just be walking and boom, pop out your little wheels and then you just, just skate around. Yeah, you could skate around. They're the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why, but I really, really wanted them. And so I remember like one Christmas, uh, me and my, and my brother Daniel, that was like the one gift that we just really asked for and wanted. And, um, you know, Christmas was... How old are you? were like 15? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. A couple <laughs> years ago, yeah. No. Um, uh, so it was like nearing the end of our like, you know, presents. And so we kind of thought, oh, man, like, we didn't get them. And so I, I think our last gift happened to be the Heelys. And so mm-hmm. we opened them. And I remember just like being so happy and like running around the house like shouting with joy like yeah like whatever <laughs> and just being so so happy um and that is kind of what i think about when i think of what does it mean to spiritually like cultivate and that might sound weird like a weird um way to think of it and the reason why is because i th- when i think of um cultivating you know spiritual things in my life i think of simply just wanting someone mm. something and yearning for it and desiring it and just having my focus set on something so badly to where when I get it, I shout for joy and I mm. run around and it's like all that really matters to me. Yeah. I also think of, um, so my sister Joanna, she, um, had a daughter and when her name's Grace. And so when Grace was young, 
Um, she was probably like two years old, maybe three. Uh, anytime she was going to be going over to Mimi's house, Mimi is my mom, so her <laughs> grandma, and uh, Grace calls my grandma, um, my mom, Mimi. That's like yep. her nickname. And so anytime she was going to Mimi's house, Joanna would say in the car, okay, Grace, we're on the way to Mimi's house. And Grace would like light up with just like laughter and smiles and her whole like demeanor changed. Yeah. Um, and it kind of got me thinking like, what if that's how we acted when we thought about like simply just being in God's presence? Mm. And when, when we thought about, okay, it's time to go to church to first Sunday morning or to go to our, you know, our weekly church, you know, small groups, whatever it is. Like what yeah. if we had that type of yearning and joy and laughter? And so that's kind of what I think of when I think of the idea of spiritually, cultivating our life of just wanting it it's sort of like um the analogy like your appetite for god Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i think that's a cool analogy because if you think about uh like your actual appetite and like the appetites that you have for food um your appetites are actually a byproduct of your habits and all the things that you eat and the thing like the foods that you have to eat you know what i mean so like if you grew up on uh, pizza and hamburgers and soda, your appetite is going to be for those foods, mm-hmm. no matter what kind of, you know, benefit they have to, or if they make you really obese yeah. and they're not good for your health. But if you grew up on, you know, salads and fruit bowls and nutritious stuff and, you know, grass fed, gluten free, whole wheat, whatever the heck it is, um, that's what your appetite mm-hmm. is. But your appetite doesn't just happen and doesn't just change overnight you have to cultivate it um and so the same thing like this idea of spiritual cultivation is that you have to cultivate your appetite for god you have like the first time that's the first step yeah yeah, like the first time grace saw your mom she was a tiny baby and she probably didn't even know what Mm -hmm. your mom was but over time as you know your mom invested time and they had fun and she bought her toys and they went out and she got to know her and she held her in her arms then this uh this appetite for the relationship was cultivated yeah so <clears throat> the first part we've talked about is um basically developing like an appetite for um for spiritual things in our life so um first there comes the desire first comes the appetite and then mm. comes cultivating then comes the action after there is an appetite but you know i do think it's important that we just you know you, we understand that again there has to be a desire there first you know that has to start yeah. um first um so once there's a desire once there's an appetite in place really quickly okay. well because I'm, I'm trying to think of like i you know i want more of a desire i want more of an appetite for god and i can think back to places in my life in the past where like I didn't have an appetite for God. I didn't have any sort of desire. And I can imagine that there's probably people who like they have an appetite for God or I should say they have a desire to know God, but they don't have any appetite for him yet. You know what I mean? Like they, they have the want to want to be with God. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like how do you, how do you kind of go from zero to one in creating that desire and appetite for God? That's a good question. Um, that's one I've, I hear that a lot, I think, from people, and I, I struggle with that because, um, I don't, I don't know. Sort of like chicken and well, egg. You had a good point. You said that if you are raised and brought up eating junk food, mm. right, then that's your appetite. And if you are raised, you know, brought up eating healthy food, then that's your appetite. And so, right. like for me, I, I was raised kind of just, I guess I want, I don't want to say in the church, but I was around people you that, were like, that Christian. loved the Lord. And so for yeah. me, it's like. I don't want anything else but that. Like I don't, mm. I, yes, I want a stronger appetite for God, but I don't struggle with thoughts of like wanting to go do my own thing and, you know, like love, you no, know, go live in the world because I, I, I've seen, I've experienced God and I want to continue that. And so, right. But my thoughts on how to cultivate and how to increase and improve that appetite. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind was like surrounding myself with people that want the mm. same thing. Yeah. I think of like, just when I'm around, you know, good friends that love the Lord and that we have good mature conversations that just influences me. I think of the music I listen to. Um, I think of the movies that I watch. Um, you know, all those little things that really do play a big part. That's that's kind of what comes to my mind of what yeah. can I do to improve my appetite for God. I, th- I think it sort of comes down to, like, th- this isn't all of it, but the first step is to change your circumstance. 
So like I said, I mean, again, going back to the food analogy, if your house is filled with candy and pizza, like it's going to be impossible to cultivate uh, an appetite of for good food, mm-hmm. for good, healthy food. But if you change your environment and you change your circumstances to get rid of all the junk food and replace it with fruits and vegetables and healthy, you know, meals, then it becomes much easier uh, to cultivate that desire. You know what I mean? So like if you change your environment and your circumstance, whether that's your friends or like your, even your physical environment, then it just makes it that much easier to get started. Here's a question for you that came to my mind just now. So when we were in high school, yeah. so you've changed a lot from who you are now to where you were when we were in high school. I remember in high yeah. school, you were much more to yourself. Um, and we'll, we'll touch on this later, I think, but you mm. in, in later episode, but you, um, your like aspirations for life and your goals and things that you wanted were much different than they are now. Um, and you're, I know you're going to share for time, like when that changed, but I want to know, like Mm -hmm. once you decided, okay, I want more for my life. Like I want the next, I want bigger and, you know, more stuff and like a a greater vision. Like how did you actually go about changing that? Like you wanted Mm -hmm. it, but what did you do to actually make the changes? You know, like that's, we could compare in that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely cover that, I think, in the, the Turning Points mm-hmm. episode. So go listen to that one next uh, or before. I'm not sure how we're going to order these ones. I forget. But um, that's a good question because uh, I did want to touch on that because I think that I have and I recognize that. And I just wanted to say, first of all, that it's I don't think it's uh, very much of me that's kind of done the work. I think the Lord has done a lot of the work inside of me and a lot of the change that's happened. But, I mean, uh, this isn't sort of like a plug for our name or whatever, but like it was really just the idea of cultivating that desire and that relationship Mm -hmm. with the Lord and, and then having him change me and transform from the inside of like, you know, basically, like you said, so the transformation you're talking about is from when I was in high school, much more shy to myself, you know, like lack of self-esteem or confidence, whatever it was, lack of sort of like identity Mm -hmm. or uh, kind of like, place in life and with friends um was uh, basically sort of like a uh uncomplete kind of version of myself and then the lord working on me me cultivating that relationship with the lord and all the stuff that he was doing in my life was him just bringing me to who he wanted me to be Mm -hmm. and out of that kind of shell of a person who was emotionally checked out and who was afraid to speak and was afraid to invest in other people and was afraid to be around you know, it was afraid to invest in friendship basically was a lot of it. Um, but really it was the Lord. It was me cultivating and the Lord and then the Lord returning that favor for yeah. me in changing who I was yeah. and good. giving me that identity. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we can move on. So the, again, the first point is there's got to be a desire yeah. um, that has to be in place. And once that is there, then um, then we take action to pursuing, to obviously pursuing God. Um, so kind of one thing that came to my mind was the um, uh, in Exodus kind of chapters 19 through 24 um, there's a story when Moses went up the mountain and I'm sure mm. you've probably heard that um, that story you've heard those phrases you know the mountaintop experience mm. um, and what's funny is when I first came across I came across the, these chapters a couple of years ago um, I was just like reading my Bible doing devotions and I came across it and like it was a gold it was it was funny because it wasn't like I went and searched for it and like was trying to find like a, I wasn't like writing a message and wanting to, you know, find like the mountaintop experience or whatever. I just came right. across it and was like, oh wow, this is really good. And then hmm. now I realize how many, how often like pastors like reference these chapters. And so yeah. anyway, yeah. in this story, I'll just make it real quick. Basically, um, this is where uh, Moses was leading his people, um, the Israelites, and he needed uh, guidance and direction from God. And so he went up on a mountain for 40 days and 40 nights and simply just sought the Lord. Um, that's like the premise. And that's like the whole, really just the mm. main idea of these chapters of Moses going up the mountain and worshiping and praying to God for 40 days and 40 nights, which is a long time. Yeah. Was it, was it me and you that was talking about this? Or I feel like I was talking about this story with someone the other day and I was like, I don't know if I've ever realized how long 40 days and four, like it that's, was us. you asked was it? me okay. like you had like a double take like wait 40 yeah it was 40 okay days. it was us talking yeah maybe like, as I say I like doubt myself am I right yeah because it's yeah. Such, uh, such a long that's time that's such a long time um but like that actually happened you know and to right. think for us like okay would I you know 
right now after this leave and go for a mountain for 40 days to, to, to bring seek the lord it's yeah. like that's crazy i don't know if i could go do that it's just crazy right. and these these guys did that and so hmm. um so first comes the desire then comes the action right going up the mountain then go then um you know pers- pursuing the lord and so we're not saying like you have to go up to some rugged mountain and spend 40 days right. what i'm saying is like in a practical like day-to-day life like what does it look like what does it mean for you um, to go up the mountain on a daily basis. I think we need to figure out what that means, what that looks like. Is that as simple simple as just praying in the morning? Is that reading your Bible, a couple chapters, whatever that is, in order to cultivate the presence of God in our lives, we have to go up that mountain on, mm. on a daily basis. Yeah, that's a good point because, well, I think about myself and uh, like I, I struggle to cultivate and to keep a... Uh, a discipline of just doing my devotions and like, like really kind of diving in and, you know, quote unquote, going up the mountain. Um, and it's not like my, it's not like I, I don't know the Bible or that I don't pray because I think I do a good job of speaking to the Lord daily and, and being like, just kind of wherever I am, just, you know, kind of communicating with him and being, uh, in his presence and stuff. But like, I think myself, like the question that comes to mind when I hear this story is, how badly do you want it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like Moses went up the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights and the Lord met with him, mm-hmm. but also like, that's such a long time. And like, that's, that's some real like dedication. You know what I mean? And it makes me think like for anyone who's looking for some sort of like life changing experience to, you know, like a lightning wrong, lightning, lightning rod strikes them, you know, or some sort of life experience to kind of kick off, a newfound desire for the Lord. Like you have to want it really bad. You know what I mean? As you're saying that it has me thinking like there are a lot of things in like in our, in history that that's kind of what has come, come down to you. How badly do you want it? Yeah. I think, I believe it was Thomas Edison with the light bulb took him like, how many tries? Yeah, it was like, like ten thousand or something. Thousand, that's like the couple myth. thousand. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I think I just heard this one. It was um, the founder of Starbucks. What's his name? Oh, um, Howard. Um, it's Howard something. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I can't. Anyway, so the founder of Starbucks uh, to get funding for the store, he went. Mm. I forget how many investors he went to. It was a couple hundred he went to. Right. And he got denied and said, "No, like, you know, that's not." Because he shared his vision was to have a have a Starbucks mm-hmm. store in every corner, whatever it was. But he, he went to several hundred people, and finally, like, you know, it worked. And now look, look at Starbucks. But like, yeah. the idea of wanting it so bad, and not giving up, like, you will get it. And so, right. Yeah. And I think, well. Th- and again, for those people who are searching and feel like, you know, God's not meeting me or like this isn't working, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm trying to cultivate rather my relationship mm-hmm. with God. I'm trying to take it to the next level, but like nothing's happening. It just makes me question like a one, how bad do you want it? And like, what are you putting in? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, has it been a day? Has it been two days? Has it been a week? Has it been two weeks? Like mm-hmm. this stuff takes time and it takes perseverance in it's not like you have to will it to happen, but like one, you need to give God the, the time and the place and circumstance for him to meet with you. But also like you, like you literally just have to seek the Lord and like, there's no, there's not going to yeah. be some sort of like magic formula that's going to work for you. It's going to be different for everyone, but you, you have to want it. Yeah. So on this topic, I kind of think of like, there is like the intentional side of this. So like, okay, I'm going to have an intentional devotional time where I read and I pray and mm-hmm. I meditate there's that and then I, I think of simply just cultivating the presence of God in my life and I think of mm. okay I'm yeah. I'm at work and I'm, I'm walking around and I you know I feel God's presence as I walk and so that that's like another side of this as well and I think with both of those I think what it comes down to is um, being intentional and just deciding this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to be consistent at it um, and so I jotted down, I jotted down a few questions that I wanted to ask, yeah. um, kind of that I asked myself to kind of challenge me. And so, um, so my title was questions to ask yourself to see if you are, um, cul- cultivating spiritual things in your life. And so, um, one of them was sim- simple question, but how is your relationship with God? Does it, you know, does it exist? Is it consistent? Um, are you actively pursuing him? Do you meet with, do you meet with God and spend time with him daily? Um, another question was, do you, do you long to know God? You know, like I really wanted those Heelys like super bad, right? <laughs> like I, I wanted those and I, I got them, which was, which was cool. And to be honest with you, 
if they had like adult size Heelys, I would still rock them to this day. Oh yeah, but just putting it, putting it out there. Let's see if I can make that happen. I don't I don't got that. I'd big like to feet, see that dude, Instagram. So. Anyway, yeah. So do you really long to know God? Um, another question was when is the last time that you went up the mountain? Hmm. Um, how close are you to God? Yeah. Um, this is a good question that I actually read in a book somewhere. I don't know the, the author, but it was good. It says, if I could ask God himself how close you are to him, what would he say to me? You know, when was the last time you were in completely in awe of God? Mm-hmm. And then last question was, are you completely content with simply just knowing God? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is a nice segue to uh, one of my points. Um, but a lot, like a lot of these questions... They're just kind of like a self-evaluation, like just ask yourself really hard questions, which, which brings me to my point of if we kind of go back to the agricultural definition of cultivate, one of them was to plow. And so if you can kind of stick with me here for a second, like put yourself in the mind of a farmer, um, way back in the day, and this is a little hard for us to understand because probably not very much very many of us are farmers anymore, but back in the day, um, in order to sow a new field with a new kind of plant or tree or fruit or whatever it was that you wanted to grow, you couldn't just go and dig a hole and plant the seed. Um, the, the soil had to be cultivated. It had to be plowed and it had to be, uh, basically what you had to do was you had to take a piece of machinery and you had to drag it through and you had to turn up all the rocks, all the dead uh, roots, all the like weird other like weedy kind of stuff that was growing in there. And basically you, you had to turn up and you had to displace all of the bad stuff that was in the field. And in the same way, when you're asking yourself these questions, it's sort of a self-evaluation test mm-hmm. of like, let God turn up all the ugly stuff in your life. Yeah. Let him turn up all the ugly stuff in your heart. Surface all of the doubts, surface all of the struggles, surface all of the sins, surface all of the addictions. Like get it all up, get, plow it up, cultivate it all up. Um, because like I said, I mean, the first part is the desire. You have to want to cultivate um, your life. You have to want to have that desire for the Lord. And then maybe part two of that is that now you need to do business with the Lord. Like now that you're up on the mountain, now is the time where you get real with God and you just lay it all, all out on the table. And, and this is true, not just for new Christians. Like you said, I think like this applies to every man, every Christian of all ages and walks of life. Uh, no matter like how long you've been going to church or what your position is, or if you're a pastor, this is true for everyone. You always need to be self-evaluating and be, uh, and be plowing and cultivating, turning up all the ugly stuff and just giving it to the Lord and saying, all right, God, like, look, I'm, I'm turning all this stuff. That's all, it's all on the surface for you to see now. It's all, it's all here for you. Now I'm just going to give this up to you and let you deal with this. Um, and, and so now like once that's all kind of dealt with, then the real kind of sowing and cultivate cultivating can begin where now you're planting seeds and now you're investing in things and now you're, um, and now you're actually putting in the work in order to grow, in order to develop as a person, as a Christian, as a man. Um, and, uh, and part of it also comes down to like, like you can, um, go back to the field and the farming analogy, you can have a field that you've cultivated and, and that you've grown. Um, but if you don't keep it the same way, if you don't constantly check up on it and if you don't constantly, uh, guard it, people are going to come through and steal your stuff. People are like, weeds are going to grow. Rocks are going to be, you know, somehow displaced there and, and you're going to be found there. Mm-hmm. And I think it becomes a question of what are you cultivating? Yeah, because that, yeah. over time it can be like, Oh yeah, you know what? Back in the day when I first became a Christian, uh, I was on fire for the Lord and I read the Bible every day and I went to church and I had these amazing experiences, but then over time you lose that. And, it's not a question of if you're cultivating, it's just a question of what you're cultivating. And it's just a matter of like, you can be cultivating this really kind of strong, like desire for the Lord, but also be cultivating the sin in your life that is compromising what God's trying to do with you. And, um, and so it's important to recognize like you have to constantly be churning the field, constantly be churning up your heart and doing business with the Lord. And, and always be kind of checking it and keeping it 
uh, keeping it pure. Yeah, I think that's good. You said that it's a, a matter of, you know, what are you cultivating? Because the truth is, you know, we all, we are all cultivating something. Um, that reminds me of that phrase that says, what you feed grows and what you starve dies. Mm. Like, you know, there's, there's yeah. something in our lives that we are we are feeding that we are giving attention to. But it's a matter of, you know, what is that, whether it's good or bad. When you ask that question, you know, what are you cultivating? I first thought of, like, what are the good things in my life that I'm investing in? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then when you kind of said... It's easy to overlook the yeah, bad stuff. Yeah, and then I realized, wait, there's probably a lot of bad that I'm cultivating too. Right. Um, you said that, that was a good point, Corey. Yeah. So there's a lot of notes. Um, um, I'm stealing some of these notes from Mike uh, from a summer camp that he did at Foothills High School Camp. Um, shout out to Mike Van Meter. What's up? Uh, and... I've had a lot of these before. Actually, Mike's given a couple of good messages on this idea um, before as well. But um, a couple of the good things. So one of the funny things that he said is uh, he has a little garden. And sorry, Mike, for, for stealing your story, your little analogy. But he's like a a part-time hobbyist kind of gardener. And, w- wannabe um, gardener. Wannabe gardener, yeah. Try-hard gardener. Um, but, you know, he was talking about like if you're if you're planting seeds, if you're cultivating a corn seed, like you're not going to reap an eggplant. You know what I mean? Like if you're cultivating uh, a strawberry, whatever it is, like you're not going to be, you're not going to reap a watermelon. And some people in their lives are like, well, you know what? I just, I'm not in the right place in my career. And I don't feel like I have a strong connection with my girlfriend and my wife. We fight all the time. I don't go to church that often. And it's like, what are you cultivating? Like, mm-hmm. what did you expect? You know what I mean? Because, Again, going back to the, it's not a matter of if you're cultivating, it's just a matter of what you're cultivating. Sometimes you overlook the things that you're cultivating. You don't realize that you've been, you know, kind of harboring this resentment towards your spouse. Or you don't realize that you've been um, neglecting church and kind of checking out. You don't realize even, and then over time, you're like, shoot, well, now I'm reaping this really ugly feeling in my heart and this distance from God. What went wrong? Mm -hmm. And so you have to recognize that there are things that you're cultivating. So don't be, don't be shocked when you don't like the result of them. Yeah. That that reminds me, I was um, talking with uh, Mark Hoffman. He's our pastor. And um, I I was sharing with him like a life update of mine of something I was going through. I said, Hey Mark, like, you know, I've had a victory. Like here's the progress. Here's where I started. Here's where I'm at today. Like, woohoo kind of thing. And I I remember like his response was like, good job. But let me ask you a question. He was Mm. like, when was the last time you um, you were jealous? Ah. Or when was the last time you envied something your friend had? Or when was the last time you were disrespectful? It was like, yeah. he just hit me with all these things. And um, I, I it was kind of discouraging, but I remember kind of thinking to myself, like, okay, like, this is, like, the journey. Like, there are, there's continuous. The battle's never won. Yeah, yeah, and it was good for me because, like, I, I remember thinking, like, I, I'm doing well. Like, I'm, I'm making progress. And he reminded me that the Bible talks about that the Lord um, blesses those that walk uprightly and that walk, you know, um, in, in good standing with him and that that evolves, not, not evolves, but that connects to many areas of life, you mm-hmm. know. And I think we tend to identify the four or five main struggles, or the four or five main things to focus on, but there's a lot of things that there's, we forget about. And there's always new things that uh, pop up, yeah. you know what I mean? And there's always, uh, you don't think about it, like there's some sort of, tragedy in your life where there's mm-hmm. someone that does something that makes you mad or rubs you the wrong way. And you constantly have to guard yourself to quote, keep yourself from those things, uh, and to prevent them from cultivating. Um, on a, on a similar note, uh, another one of Mike's, uh, points that I loved was he said, a seed must be grown, excuse me, a seed must be sown to grow. And I love this because, um, basically it's the idea that ideas don't count and you may, you may want to have a fantastic devotional life. You may want to be surrounded by the right friends. You may want to, you know, progress in your career, but if you don't actually do something about it and start planting those seeds and start cultivating that, it's not going to happen. And, um, and it makes me think of like, uh, so we're kind of both entrepreneurial and business minded, but there's so many people who like have everyone has a business idea, you know what I mean? But it, nothing's going to come of it. It's worthless unless they actually do do something about it. Like cool story, bro. You want to be the next Facebook, but guess what? You need to learn how to code. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cool story. You want to start a little event rentals company. 
cool story. Like go buy a bunch of equipment. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have to actually do something. And, um, and it goes back to the scripture. Uh, he said, I forget what, what, the, what the reference was. I, I should know it, but it says, prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers. And there's also something to that, I think as well, where you can hear something over and over and over and over again. And if you don't do something about it, then it starts to lose its meaning. And that this happens all the time in church, right? Where every Sunday you show up and you hear a message. And if you don't apply it to your life, over time you just start checking out and your eyes start glazing over and you start questioning why you go to church in the first place. Um, and so you actually have to apply it and do something with it. Otherwise, uh, it's just meaningless. Yeah. Um, one of Mike's uh, next points was that a harvest takes time. Yeah. And I, I love this note, but he said that, um, he said, bath, bad things are harvested immediately hmm. and good things are harvested after much time. Dang. And that's good on, on, a, on a lot of levels. He, um, if I remember correctly, he kind of, the analogy he was using was like with an actual field. He was saying like weeds. You yeah. Know, weeds. They pop up all yeah, the time. Yeah, they don't stop. and. I, I come from landscaping, <laughs> so I know. Like, I used to get... Firsthand. Yeah, chewed out by clients all the time about weeds. And so, yeah, they, they just, they don't stop coming, and it's, it's consistent. But you think of, you know, good, when you plant a seed, when you plant a tree, it takes a long time for that puppy to grow. Yeah. And so, I love that point. You know, bad things are harvested immediately, but good things are harvested after much time. Yeah, that's, I, I love this one because... And I love it so much because this was like the hardest one for me because I just want things to happen instantly and I want our podcast to be a million episodes. Yeah, you're alone in that. (laughs) We're (laughs) not all instant like you. That's true. Uh, I think most of us can kind of agree with that. Uh, The quote unquote microwave generation. But um, it reminds me of a story from Bill Wilson uh, a couple of years ago. So Bill Wilson's a a pastor. He's founder of Metro Ministries in New York. I think they're the largest children's ministry in the world, mm-hmm. something like that. Like crazy number of kids every every week. Um, but he gave this message a while back. It was called Stay a Little Longer. And it always stuck with me because he told this crazy story of um, he was in this like remote village in the middle of nowhere. It was probably somewhere in Africa or Asia or something like that. But he um, basically like he wasn't there to like, I don't know. It was, it was just him and like a very small team. So they come to this village and they're handing out medicine, I think. And he comes across this little girl and for some reason or another, uh, basically her, her guts are outside of her body and like without kind of getting into the detail of it, she's still alive, but all of her innards are outside of her body, which is very unhealthy. And essentially she's dying. And so they show her, they show Bill Wilson, the the girl and he's like, well, what, what, what can we do? Like, is there a doctor around here? How much time do we have? And they're like, there's no doctor here. There's no time. Like she's going to die any second. And he's like, what do you mean? Like we literally, we can't just give up. Like there has to be a way. And they're like, no, Bill, like, I'm sorry. Like you can pray over her. Like, you know, please, you can pray for healing. And he's like, no, like I'm not giving up. And they're like, well, he's like, where's the nearest hospital? And I'm like, well, well, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, several miles west across the river uh, that's guarded by some uh, militants. Um, this is probably Africa. It sounds like Africa to me, but uh, um, they're like, you, you would never get there in time. Like it would take, you know, two hours or something crazy like that. And, and if they would shoot you across the bridge if you tried to cross it. And he's like, give me a, give me a truck, like give me a Jeep, whatever it is, give me a vehicle. And so he, he takes this little girl and like, she's supposedly supposed to die any second. And he drives her in the truck and they're driving and they're driving and, you know, a long time has passed. And then they get to this river where it's very remote. There's only the river and he's kind of at like the, the cross. And at the other side is an armored vehicle with a machine gun on top. And there's men in there and they're telling him like, no, don't like, don't cross. And so he's trying to say like, I have a girl in here. She's dying. I just need the other, other side. We're going to the hospital. And he's like, you know, I'm with, uh, you know, whatever organization they're like, no. And he like starts to drive a little bit and they, they fire a a warning shot. And he just kind of comes to this point, like, like either I'm doing this or I'm not, you know what I mean? And like, either I'm going all in on this thing and I'm seeing it to the end or I'm not, and I'm giving up on this girl. And, uh, so he thinks about going to the river. They would never get through the river. 
And so like, I think he said that he just closed his eyes and he starts pushing the gas and he's just like, I'm going across this bridge. God, like tell him not to shoot basically. And, uh, so he just, he just gasses it and goes across the bridge and for some reason they don't shoot and they watch him go by. And, and then after another long journey, they get to the hospital and the doctors get a hold of her and they fix her up and she's alive. And then he showed some picture like, you know, this was five years ago. This is where she is now. Like now she's actually like a, you know, like a little girl. She's not just like a tiny little, like, uh, toddler. Um, but he's just like, stay a little longer. You know what I mean? Like see it through to the end. Like God has so many things for your life. If you just trust him and see him through to the end instead of giving up because it's always hardest at the last mile. You know what I mean? It's always hardest like at the very end of things when the hill is the steepest or when you're the most tired or when you're the most frustrated. But if you just stay a little longer, um, you know, you'll actually reap the harvest and see the results of what you've been cultivating. Yeah. Hosea 10, 12 says, um, so with a view to righteousness, reap in accordance with kindness, break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes Mm. to rain righteousness on you. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. Yeah. That's a good one. So that was kind of whole, the whole, uh, theme of the camp, but right. The, the followed ground is, is your heart. Maybe that that needs some work. Right. And then you cultivate it and you bring up all the nasty stuff. And then, you know, it says break up your fallow ground for it. it is time to seek the Lord, right. To cultivate that desire until he comes to reign righteousness on you. So see it through Mm -hmm. to the end until what God is cultivating Mm -hmm. in you, um, comes to fruition. Mm. I like that. Okay. Um, next point. Next point. You want me to roll into this one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of the other things that I thought about just in the, in the idea of, um, of cultivate and keep is my man, Jocko Willink. Shout out to Jocko. If you're listening, uh, actually I met him. I don't know if I told you I met him at Hypergrowth. Yes. You told us you're a little fanboy. Yeah. I still haven't posted the pictures. I need to post the pictures on social media. Um, Jocko is really cool. So Jocko Willink, quick backstory, uh, or f- I don't know what the right terminology is. Retired Navy SEAL. He's not an ex Navy SEAL. Retired Navy SEAL. Uh, led one of the teams in Iraq, I want to say, like during kind of when it was the worst. And he led a team in Ramadi, which was like basically the deadliest city in the world at its time. Um, and then now he started like a multi million dollar consulting company and he speaks all over the world and has a book and a podcast and all sorts of cool stuff. Anyways, he has this, this theme of uh, what he calls discipline equals freedom. And so it's just this idea of when we're thinking about cultivating and keeping, if you want more free time, like think about the kind of the end result, like what is the thing that you want to, that you want to reap? Uh, if you want more free time, if you want more financial freedom, if you want more career progression or, you know, creative freedom, so to speak, uh, whatever it is that you want, you need more discipline. Mm-hmm. And, they they seem kind of diametrically opposed. Like you you can only have one or the other. You can only have yeah. more free time or really strict time or uh, no money or lots of money. Or, you know what I mean? But they think it seems like discipline and freedom are on opposite ends of the spectrum. But in reality, they work together. Mm-hmm. And so it's just the, this idea of, um, for example, if you want more free time, what you actually need is more discipline in your time management. And then that allows you to have more free time. Yeah. Right. So slay your dragons in the morning. If you really want more free time in the morning, get up earlier. You know what I mean? Stick to a schedule, get the things done that you want to get done. Have a plan. You know what I mean? Uh, if you want more financial freedom, have more discipline for your money, mm-hmm. have more discipline for your budget and for your investing strategy, for the way that you handle it, for the way that you spend it, uh, have more discipline for the way that you earn it as well. You know, yeah. we take up another side job, have discipline in the way that you're investing in your career. Uh, if you want more, um, if you want more, uh, if you want to cultivate, you know, a better marriage, for example, what you really need is more discipline for your marriage. And that yeah. sounds funny, but it's a discipline to spend the right time with each other, uh, to love each other, to the discipline to not say what you want to say at the right moments. Right. That's good. But I love this idea because discipline is like the plow, right. And, and kind of, the, again, going back to the field and the farmer analogy, Discipline is like the plow and that it makes you face your bad habits and all the ugly stuff that's in the soil head on and you just have to surface it, stir it up, yeah. just stir it up, deal with it. And in facing it, it actually gives you freedom. Mm -hmm. Now it gives you the freedom to sow into that soil 
instead of letting those ugly, nasty things kind of rule over yeah. it. Um, so that's just a side point. And that's good. It's really good. Yeah. I love Jocko. Yeah. I love discipline equals freedom. This is Jocko podcast. This is the Jocko podcast. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. Am I up? You're up. Tag me in. Put me in coach. Okay. Hold on. <clears throat> a little sick. Sorry guys. Need some water. It's good stuff. Okay. Um, let's see here. All right, sorry for the delay. Um, next point was cultivating relationships. So this is one um, that I like a lot. And I think about community. I think about my circle of friends. Um, and this is one I think about, you know, you kind of hear that analogy, like, you know, build your um, build your fortress before the attack comes, right? Or, you yeah. know, build like your safe house before the storm, whatever. And so think of like friendships and just people in my life. Like you, we need to... Um, have those in place before you know times get rocky or times get hard um and but in order to do that i think we got to realize people people matter and people are important and i think um it's it's easy to forget that i would say about seven or eight months ago um i I don't remember why but i went through this like month or two where i just had like a whole shift in my mindset of like wow like people matter and Hmm. um for me it's easy to get for my week when i think about all the things to get done i so I'm someone that naturally, like I, I'll have a schedule and I follow it, right? So I'll do my to-do list, I'll do my stuff, and I'll like neglect people or, or, or you know, friendships to get my, my stuff done. And so I'm like on the way far end of discipline to where it's like right. not good. Um, I have to like pull back the other way, other direction. And right. so where sometimes you forget to put the right yeah. things in the schedule. And so I was like convicted in this time of like, wow, like I kind of suck in this way. Like, um... I, I, I used to like pride myself on my ability to get things done and I just like realized like wow like I'm getting things done but I am like forgetting like the good and like important parts of my life and like the people that really mm. truly matter and so it kind of got me thinking about this idea of just like friendship and just people and like small things like getting coffee with someone you don't really know just to kind of get to know them or mm. just fostering you know new friendships and simply like making people a priority like I was convicted to do that. And so I kind of started doing that. And so like now, like I'll, I'll get coffee or grab lunch with like random people. Actually, what's today? Thursday. So yeah. on, uh, uh, yesterday on Wednesday, I grabbed lunch with a friend that I haven't seen in like six months. Right. So mm. I like, I'll do like random like lunch dates and kind of just like talk to people. And I've, I've been convicted that that is important. And so there's like the side of it of like, it's important to just simply like love on people that you don't really know, but also like your close circle, like invest in those friendships, invest in those people that you know, um, and, and simply make time for them. Um, there's a pastor from Seattle. His name is Judah Smith. And he does a, I think it's a six or five part um, message series on, um, it's, the title is Being a Friend of Jesus. Mm. And uh, it's such a good topic. And he goes through uh, first through third John. And if, if you haven't read those books, you should. They're pretty short in the Bible. Um, but they mainly focus on the, the idea of like love and they're pretty simple. But the, the whole idea is simply um, simply being a friend of God and, and knowing him like, like a friend. And that's kind of like the whole idea that it focuses around. And he has um, this line that he says. He says, you only know God to, to the level that you love like God. Hmm. And he says, this is not a test of faith, but it's a test of genuine friendship. Dang. And... Um, I think, you know, about seven, eight months ago, I think that was when I listened to this series um, of podcasts and that was when I was like super convicted. And so like, since then, I've just, I've tried to make it a habit of, of investing in, in friendships and, um, and it's good and it's, it's biblical. You know, Galatians 6, 2 says, um, bear one another's burden so that, so to fulfill the law of Christ. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if I, if I could sum it up in like a sentence and a challenge, I would say, um, you know, who is someone in your life that you know right now um, that might be going through a hard time that needs a friend, you know, simply just be available for them. Yeah. Well, I like that too, because and when we say simply be available, sometimes like, I, I think that's an easy kind of cop out, like, well, I'm available. If someone asks me mm-hmm. to go get lunch, but sometimes being available is to recognize mm-hmm. someone is in need yeah. and then to make yourself available. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like exactly. I'm going to go out of my way and I'm going to reach out to them yeah. at first. Yeah. I like that too, because, 
uh, you know, they're doing the series right now, but Neil just did the first one on community. Um, oh yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I know. God, it's funny timing, huh? But, uh, he just, I, I love like the one line that I, that I remember from that the most was he said, um, I want to make sure I get it right. He says, uh, oh, you, you have to build your community before you need it. Basically yes, is what he was talking about. Opened up with, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think that's huge because again, you don't realize how much people matter until you don't have them. And then that really stinks because then you have to like re cultivate those relationships and you have to re, you know, go back and fix whatever it is or you have to, but if it's just something that you're always cultivating and then, um, and you're building your community of, of friends and pastors and people in your life, uh, then like you need that, you know what I mean? And I love also that he said, um, you know, God always talked about, uh, about us as a people, not as a person. Um, and the, kind of the cliche verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, where he talks about, you know, for, I know the plans and I have a hope and a future for you, whatever. But right before that, he's talking about, uh, the people of Israel. It's not just about you. And I think it can be really easy. Like basically you can't do this alone. You need that community of people and you have to cultivate those relationships in order to build it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. You want to just jump to uh, the next one? Yeah, I'm just looking through my notes. Okay. Um, all right. So our next point was let's see here. Cultivating wealth and security mm. for your family. Um, so uh, I feel like I'm surrounded by like a lot of people that <clears throat> when we talk about um, wealth and the future and security, it's almost looked at as like a, a bad thing. And mm. what I mean by that is it, it's okay and it can be good if, if you are someone that y- you desire to make a lot of money and um, and you want to be secure in your future and you want to be secure with your finances and that kind of like that switch flipped for me a couple years ago um, you know I, I've realized for myself I am motivated by money and I, I thought that was bad like for the longest time I'm like I'm like a bad person like I can't tell anyone this and I was talking <laughs> to my dad about it and he was asking me, like, well, what do you want like, in your future? What do you want in a career? Like, what motivates you? And I was like, honestly, like, money does. And he was like, good, me too. And I was like, wait, what? And he <laughs> was like, yeah. He was like, it's okay to be motivated by money as long as that isn't the sole thing that drives you and you don't love the money. Because um, the, the Bible doesn't say money is bad. The love for money is mm. bad. And so yeah. um, I, I wanted to hit on this point because I think that like, I look at my community of friends and thankfully like, I, I think i'm blessed with a lot of good friends that have their head on straight but i know of I, i'm around a lot of people that that don't um that don't have this kind of in line i would say in the correct way i think that um often in, in what it, sort of ways i think yeah. in the church a lot of young men look at um simply like the head priority has to be like serving ministry then your family then make money and provide hmm. and i feel like it kind of goes in that order and i feel like that's out of war. I think it's your family and then it's so well with that is providing security for right. your family and then it comes the ministry and then it comes in those things. Yeah. So the family has to be the highest importance. And if, you know, between you and, and your wife or your family, if, if you set certain like financial goals or things that you want to accomplish, like you need to fulfill and, and do those things. And so, um, I think it's important to just recognize that these things aren't bad. It's good to, if you have a desire to be secure, like that's okay. I think it's important just to kind of put that out there, you know? Yeah. I like that verse that you, those actually, do you want to just read those? Cause those are really good. You pretty proud of me? Yeah. I was like, dang, those are, those are fire. Thanks bro. Uh, first Timothy five, eight says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Genesis 2.5 says, um, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Proverbs 10.4 says, The Lord took the man and put him in... Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Just saw that. That was weird. Sorry. Uh, There's an issue. Technical difficulties. Um, To work. (laughs) To cultivate it and keep it. I would look this up real fast, but... It's a different translation. Anyway, I'll just continue Max's point. Sorry, I accidentally copied the wrong verse on the same 
reference. Oh, I see. It says Proverbs 10, yeah. 4, but my the bad. reference is Genesis 2, 15, which is our kind of cornerstone my, verse. My next point I was going to get on, basically that um, working is good. That was kind of what I was going to talk mm. about. So oh, yeah. I started with like saying, you know, wealth and, and finances and security. If, if those are things you desire, then like, first of all, it's good to want those things. I think that um, for me, for a long time, I thought that it was bad that I wanted that. Um, so I just wanted to say, first off, like that's okay. But secondly, if you want those things, well, then come to the work. And we have to be um, willing to to work and to pursue those things that we want. Um, I think that... Um, what was I going to say? Sorry, I lost my train of thought here. The uh, we, the verse. Did you look it up? Yeah. Okay, I thought I Proverbs 10.4. Um, it says, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Man, that is such a good segue. And we just screwed that whole thing up. That's okay. Maybe we can edit all that. Nope. No Corey editing. Corey doesn't want to edit. So Zero editing. Do me a favor. Read that again so I can hear it. Yeah. Proverbs 10.4. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Yeah. I love that. So um, my growing up, my dad was like a workhorse. I mean, he just worked like really hard. And so I think because of that, that's naturally like in my family. Like we, I just, I saw the way my dad worked and like I want to work. And so that's how I am now. Like I... I don't have, I'm not, I'm not scared to work and I want to work. Yeah. And I realize like most people aren't that way. And it's not, I don't, don't want to say that's not bad because I, I kind of do think that it's a little bad actually. If, if you are a man and if you aren't prepared and don't want to work, like there's an issue. Like I think that yeah. it's important that, um, well, God designed us to work, designed us to work. And that was one of the verses we read. One of the notes I put in here was, um, you know, before, uh, wealth comes before, security comes and before family comes i think work needs to come before those things we have to prepare for the family prepare for the wealth prepare for security you have to build that and cultivate that it doesn't just come you have to work for that and and you have to build that in your life yeah i, well, I think a key distinction there is that i think a lot of people are afraid to cultivate wealth if you will mm-hmm. like they're afraid like like you said like getting getting quote unquote rich is a bad thing mm-hmm. Um, but also like they don't want to hoard their money and they don't want to like use their money in, in bad ways. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I think the important distinction there is that like the verse says, uh, lazy hands make for poverty, diligent hands bring wealth. Um, your definition for wealth is dependent on you. And basically what wealth means is that you're independent from money. So if you're independent from money, there's no, there's no need to love it. Mm-hmm. But if you're dependent on money, really you're living in poverty because you're, if you're dependent on money, like that is your love. That is your goal. That is the thing that you have to strive for just for even for survival. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, but I think like, like you said, but, uh, so wealth and cultivating wealth and financial gain, um, isn't a bad thing as long as it's independence from money. I agree. Right. If you're building more and more wealth just for the sake of building wealth mm-hmm. and riches so that you can hoard it and because you love it and you want to possess it that's not a dependence for money that's or that's not an independent that's actually a dependence on money you need money to feel good about yourself to feel fulfilled to feel mm-hmm. motivated but if you're independent for money then you have wealth yeah i think another thing for me that i've um, been realizing we were talking before we started recording that um you know, like, so for me, there's been a lot of change in my life. A lot of things are just progressing. And so with that, I've had to make a lot of purchases and just, mm. you know, I'm, I'm spending a lot of yeah. money that I've worked for and saved for. And at first it was hard for me to let these things go and to do what I need, need to do to, you know, move on with my life. And I was kind of realizing like, no, like I don't work and I don't do all this, these things to like hoard up my money. I, I do it so that I can live and I can, um, simply live a life but also while i live like to bless and to help others and Mm, so for me like that the thought process of okay i desire wealth i desire security i desire that my family is comfortable right all these things um so with that like i do want to build wealth to allow those things but at the same time it's not about building the wealth like that's not where my security comes from um so it's it's being okay with building wealth and then seeing it go right and seeing it go to work for the things that you want, whether it's security or stuff like that. And so, yeah. And if you're thinking about it, if you're living impoverished, you have no ability to give Mm -hmm. or to be generous or to help someone. But if you're living with wealth, you have 
a lot of ability to give and to be generous and to help others and to provide. Um, so it's a good thing, I think, is what we're getting at right here is is to cultivate wealth and then to keep it in a way that you're not letting it grab hold of your heart and you're not letting it be your your sole kind of purpose and, and, and meaning in life, but you're actually letting it work um, for the kingdom and for the Lord. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yep. Um, uh, one of the points that I wanted to hit was just about um, mental kind of cultivation so that we're sort of leaning a little bit away from sort of the spiritual application, but um, this is still spiritual, but one of the questions I wanted to ask was, <laughs> you got to pee. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll probably wrap up here pretty soon. Um, you can hold it. You can be a big boy. Oh, uh, but one of the questions I wanted to ask was, are you cultivating godly thoughts or ungodly thoughts? Hmm. And one of the verses that comes to mind, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, it's Paul speaking to one of the churches and he says, you know, whatever is good, whatever is noble, what, whatever is praiseworthy, think of these things. And I think to some degree or another, like I'm not sure what degree it is, but there is, I mean, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, blessing in having godly thoughts and even just positive thoughts. Oh yeah. I I like this topic a lot. Yeah. Because kind of, uh, again, I don't know the degree that it happens, but there's some sort of correlation or causation with the things that you think and then what you become and what you do. And so if I think, you know, God can't use me, I'm worthless, I don't have any money, I'm never going to be able to do X, Y, and Z, you just living naturally will live out those mm-hmm. thoughts. It's like you, you, you're building a recipe for the, for like a negative outcome kind of. Exactly. How it goes. Yeah. And ex- so, yeah, exactly. So if you're, if you're cultivating negative thoughts, how can you expect a positive result? And exact. I mean, going back to the cultivating thing, it's not a matter of if you're cultivating, it's a matter of what you're cultivating. So if you're cultivating these bad and negative thoughts, these uh, sinful indulgences, if you're cultivating just overall negativity, skepticism, uh, if you're cultivating kind of bitterness or harboring resentments towards someone, mm-hmm. um, all those things are worth something. And you're cultivating something, whether you know it or not. So cultivate good thoughts, godly thoughts. Yeah, I, I think of like, you know, we all know, know those people that when they are put in like a hard situation or a, a rough day, like their day just falls apart, right? Or yep. they're, you know, they have a plan and something yep. happens and it changes like, oh no, like the worst has happened and it just crumbles. And so like, I think of that and my mindset is, okay, you're in a bad situation. You are where you are. There's nothing you can do to fix that. So we can be positive and we can just mm-hmm. speak life into it or we can be negative. And so my, my take on it is this might suck. Like this might end, end, end really bad, but let's hope it's going to be good and let's speak life and let's be positive and let's yeah. um, cultivate good, you know, good thoughts into it and then, and then do the best we can and hope for a good outcome. You know? Yeah. I think God is an optimist mm-hmm. for sure. I, if you think about God as a pessimist, like optimism versus pessimism is, just about the outcome. It's not about your circumstance. So it doesn't matter what your circumstance is. You can either have an optimistic viewpoint of, you know, God can work all things for his good. Uh, you know, any sort of positive thought about this, I can learn from this. I can grow from this. This will challenge me. God use this in some sort of positive way or that same situation, that same circumstance can be God, what's happening. Why are things falling apart? Uh, this isn't for me. I don't want to do this anymore. This is too hard. I don't like this. I give up. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately again, your thoughts, you become who you think that you are. And if you see, uh, if you cultivate God's desire for you and the thoughts that he has for you, you will become who God wants you to be. But if you're cultivating who the devil wants you to be and all these negative thoughts, you yeah. will become that person as well. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, and then overall, so I mean, I think we've we've pretty much hit on a lot of these. Um, the the one other thing that I wanted to touch on was just about um, just about keeping, and I wanted to touch on sort of my life verse. It's been my, my favorite verse. I discovered like the month after I got saved, uh, but it's Acts twenty twenty four. No one steal it. It's Which, mine. That's his password to a lot of his stuff. So hey, sh- know. Oh, that's like a legit secure. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go like, change it. That actually is like legit. Dang it. Hold on. They don't know if you have like colons or asterisks or Don't like, give them clues. I'm, 
I'm just joking. Just it's not kidding. true. <sighs> His face right now, he's like actually upset. That's a little funny. bit. Well, now I have to go change things. I'm so glad I have to add like three more characters. Now it's going to be like uh, Acts 2024, asterisk, exclamation point Z. I don't want to have those extra stuff. Corey, no one's going to even listen to this uh, one, so it's fine. Okay. Yeah, right. Millions of people are going to listen to this. That's true. Okay. But, okay, so Acts 2024, <laughs> wow, says, uh, but I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. So sort of a mouthful. I wish it was a little more concise. And there are a couple different versions that switch out some words. But um, overall, I love this because he says, so that I may finish the course and the ministry which I have received. And like uh, we touched on it earlier, but like you were talking about sort of the battle is never won, like it's a constant struggle. Just on the thought of keeping, you have to fight for everything that the Lord is cultivating mm-hmm. in your life. You have to protect with all that you have, all of your thoughts, all of your habits, everything. You have to literally fight to yeah. keep everything that the Lord has blessed you with, everything that God's doing with you, all that you are today. Um, and life in, in a grand sort of perspective is very short compared to all the thousands of years and then all the millions of years that are going to be in eternity. But it, right now it feels really long. Yeah. And so you have to stay the course. You have to persevere. You have to push forward. You have to, you have to keep going. And I love that definition of, or that sort of application of keep because it's just an encouragement to persevere and mm-hmm. to sustain yourself yeah. and all that God is doing with you. It's, it, it takes time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think that's a lot of good Any stuff. Thoughts or a lot of a lot of golden nuggets. Um, I have to go change my password now. So I'm so glad I said that. Like I don't know. I'm just happy with myself. Really, I'm really disappointed. It actually, fun- it was funny. It just came out. I didn't think about it. And you know what you're cultivating right now? Hmm. A friendship. A security breach. <laughs> a security breach. Oh, Corey's a dork. Oh, Jeremy. All right. Well, I think that does it for this episode of Cultivate and Keep. Okay, family. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, We're going. We're going head. uh, We're going all in on Instagram. So you can find (laughs) us, me and Jeremy, and then you can find Cultivate and Keep uh, on Instagram. Look us up. You can follow us there and uh, subscribe. Um, uh, Give us uh, some six star rating. You know what I mean. We want that. You can email us. You can. um, Oh yeah, you can email us. Tell them. You got this or me? No, you got it. Okay, so it's you tell it better. You can email us at cultivate and keep yep. dot com we can talk we can have a conversation yep. we can cultivate some fellowship right there so the email is us at cultivate and keep dot yes. com and uh follow us on instagram um find us boom, on boom. patreon boom, boom. as well if you want to be a supporter boom, we have boom. some extra episodes otherwise boom, boom. um boom, no, boom. Sh- the outro boom, music boom. is going to be queuing like right now mm-hmm. i can't start it until after mm-hmm. you stop and now Bye. Boom.